also want to say this as we go forward talking about anxiety and worry and fear. We recognize that there are multiple levels of anxiety and there are reasons why people experience or have interactions with anxiety. And as we're talking about this particular time in our history as the human race, we recognize that after it's over, there will be plenty who will not have anxiety at the level that they have it now. There will be plenty who won't worry at the level that they've been worrying. But there are many among us who have struggled with anxiety and worry long before this has happened, and they will continue to struggle with it after this has happened. And so I want to make it very clear that I see anxiety as something that has come into the world because of the fall. And because we are broken people, we will always have to deal with anxiety until Christ comes again. And God in His good mercy and providence has given us multiple ways for us to interact with that. And I believe that all of them spring from the gospel. The gospel that Christ and through God, Christ in God is so steadfast in his love for us that he will provide ways for us to interact and encounter him differently. And so sometimes in our lives, anxiety springs from just worry, things that are happening and we become over-concerned like we talked about last week. But there are definitely physical, biological, mental, chemical things that take place in people's lives as individuals in their particularness in the way that the brokenness of the world affects them and moves in them that they need extra care that God has provided. So whether that be through counseling or even medication, those things are there provided to us by God for us to engage in those. So as we talk about how we engage with anxiety, as we look at how the gospel is speaking to us, and particularly today, again, in Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through the end of the chapter, and actually grabbing all of chapter 6, I don't want to seem dismissive or be discounting the fact that anxiety is something that isn't just um, dealt with with platitudes. And not, not even just prayer. But that sometimes we have to engage things at a different and deeper level. And I want to encourage you that if you're feeling an overwhelming sense of anxiety, if you're feeling an overwhelming sense of worry, that you don't sit in that in shame or isolation, feeling like that it's some sin that has attacked you and that you need forgiveness for, I want to tell you that you need release from the bondage that that provides and that God gave you that release through community and counselors and sometimes through medication. And so take hold of that. Don't sit in shame. Shame is of Satan. It keeps us away from each other and the things and the good things that God has provided. So I want you to move towards that. Now let's read the passage that we have. Matthew 6, 25 through 34 says this. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body or what you will put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, neither, they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? 
And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider, Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They never toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own troubles. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today we are talking about the before and the after of the therefore. So you'll notice right at the beginning in chapter 25, there's this great word, therefore. And we learned as I was studying to become a preacher that if there is a therefore, we have to figure out what it is therefore. That's pretty cheesy, isn't it? But the reality is, it is saying something to us, that there's something that has come before that we need to look at, that, that Jesus in the sermon is building up to this point. He, he is bringing us here. As we engage with the Sermon on the Mount, we recognize that this is Christ laying out what it means for us to be citizens of the kingdom of God versus citizens of this world. And so he is speaking about things in chapter 6, that we see it as chapter 6, leading up to this place. And I would say that from verse 1 all the way up to verse 19, he's talking to us about approval. Where do we receive our approval or our identity? And then from verse 19 on into verse 24, he's speaking to us about God's trust, whether we trust God or not. So let me just go back, and if you have your device or Bible or you've printed it out, the passage of Scripture, we're going to jump into chapter 6 just a little bit. Very first verse says this, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. See, Jesus is laying out that there is something that happens within our hearts. That when we move from being part of the citizens of the world to being citizens of the kingdom, then our hearts begin to change. And that we no longer seek the approval of others, that we don't need to do things for them to get their accolades or to get their love or to get their care, but that we move to seeking after God's approval. He goes on to say... um, Look, when you give to the needy, don't be trumpeting it out. Don't say it out loud, but do it in secret. Why? Because it's a question of the motivation of the heart. Jesus is saying that when those that are around you, that are uh, citizens of the world, do things that are good, they want to make sure that others know that they've done it. But I want you to not worry about what others think. I want you to be thinking about what God has done and how he has approved you. 
He goes on to talk about praying, that some use lots of words so that they seem like they're really good prayers, and then some do it very loudly so that they make sure that others see them. And then he gives us how to pray. I want to let you know that if you're part of the Fremantle Church, that this week in our weekly update, I'm going to send out a great introduction to the Lord's Prayer, uh, written by our own Stephen Rarig. And he's writing right now about eight chapters, probably seven to eight chapters on the Lord's Prayer. And so as he completes those, we're going to send those out to you so that you can dig deep into them. Because as I've continued to study the Sermon on the Mount for this series, I've come to recognize that the, the, the Lord's Prayer is like the pinnacle of the mountain. It's like we're climbing up the mountain to get to the Lord's Prayer. We hit the Lord's Prayer and it's the pinnacle and then we begin to descend back down the mountain because it, 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 it is the thing that kind of binds us together. It grasps what it really means to be a citizen of the kingdom and it then focuses us on being a citizen of the kingdom. It, it can even convict us where we're not being citizens of the kingdom. And then he goes on to say, When you're fasting, make sure you're not letting everybody know that you're fasting. Uh, Make sure that you clean up, that you don't look sullen. Because the Lord will reward you. And if you're doing it so everybody else can see, then you've received your reward. So Jesus is talking about where we seek our approval or where we seek our identity. That is it by what people's perceptions of us are or is it by what God's perception of us. You see, those who are acting out loud, Jesus is saying, those who are making sure that others see what's happening, their reward is met. Why? Because people have gone, good on you, great job. Aren't you a good person? And it's done out of the wrong motivation. And so you miss out on being the true blessing of God. Because by being the true blessing of God, you're recognizing that you're already approved by God. That when we go back to the Beatitudes, we see that word blessed, meaning God saying you're approved by me. And so here again, he's saying when you receive your reward, you've already received it from those on the outside, but you won't get it from me. However, you've already received from me what you need. That's the reason why it's unimportant for you to worry about what people think of you. Let me just make a quick aside here as someone who often doesn't worry what anybody thinks about me. That can be wrong as well. (laughs) That is callous and unaware that I actually live in society, in community with others. That I do need to be concerned how I am affecting other people. That, That my actions might actually cause harm to others. So we don't live in isolation, right? We, we don't live in a place where it's like me and mine and only me. And if it doesn't affect me, then it doesn't matter. That's not what Jesus is saying here. What he's saying is because God approves of you, you can step into boldness into every relationship you have because you don't need to worry that if you do, and you will offend somebody, that forgiveness is not readily available. That if you do and you will be offended by somebody else, that you having the power and the ability to forgive them is not readily available. Why? Because we've received our reward from God, not from those who are around us because they'll let us down. So the first thing we see that therefore do not worry, it springs from a correct understanding of our identity and where we gain approval. 
And, and then he jumps into our trust in God. He says in verse 19, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy or where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one or love the other, or he will be devoted to the one or despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money, or some translations say mammon. Jesus is pointing out that there is a place in our heart that we distrust God. Many in the world today operate as if God does not exist. They live in a way that they say there is no God, there's no ultimate being, there's no supreme something out there that I need to be either uh, worshiping or afraid of or caring about at all. And for those of us who uh, know Christ or in Christ, oftentimes, sadly, we walk around as functionally that God doesn't exist. Because what will take place in our lives is we will have things that we want to accomplish, our problems that come and bombard us, or sins that we want to overcome, or relationships that we want to mend, and we don't allow God to be a part of the equation. We functionally try and do it ourselves. At best, we're functionally agnostic, if not atheist, where God doesn't come into it. Where your treasure is, there your heart is. We can't serve two masters. We can't be divided that way. And, and so as D.A. Carson in his commentary says uh, over the Sermon on the Mount, that in chapter 6 leading up to verse 25, we're seeing Jesus battling against our need for approval of men and our identity and our mistrust for God. And that's where Jesus says, therefore. Therefore, you see, citizens of the kingdom of God are those who when we encounter those things that could cause anxiety and worry and fear in our lives, we are those who find our identity squarely in Christ Jesus and we have ultimate trust that God is good and will provide for us. That we walk in a place where we're not worried about those around us and we're not worried that God can't possibly do it because we trust that God can do it, has done it, and will do it, and that we are already approved by God, not just individually, but together as a group, as a community, as people. And that's when we step into this therefore. And so when we hear Jesus then say, learn from the birds and the flowers how to be receptive, how to be active in your reception of the good things that I've provided for you, we first have to go back and realize that God first tells us in this sermon that we need to have our identity squarely placed with him and that we have to put all our trust on who he is and what he does. You know, the interesting thing about this passage is that oftentimes those of us who want to do it on our own are the ones who run headlong into anxiety. 
that when we think we're the ones that have to provide all the things that we need, that when we step out of having our identity in Christ and we step out of trusting God to provide, that it's up to us, that that's what causes more and more worry. And we think that if we actually could gain a little bit of control, we would have it all figured out. But it's those who release that. It's those who say, I don't know how this is going to happen. Father, I'm in great despair and worry, and I don't know how I can go forward in this, but I know this, that you are trustworthy and that I am in you. They're the ones who can walk away from anxiety. That's the reason why Jesus then, after he says, therefore, he goes further and he reminds us about the birds and the flowers. And then he says this, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So the after of the therefore is where our receptive action takes place. That we move into the place where we are seeking we are running headlong. We are pursuing at all costs God's kingdom and his righteousness. So we're already citizens of the kingdom of God. He's already placed us there. And so this is talking not just about his earthly rule, but this is talking about all of his dominion. The fact that God is the God of the universe, that he is the one who knows all things and how they should be done. And for his good pleasure and for our good graces, he provides it for us. So we walk with him in that way. We seek his kingdom. So we want to see his kingdom come in our own individual particular lives, in our families' lives, in, in our communities' lives, in those that we encounter. We want to see those who are set free from bondage. We want to see mercy prevail. We want to see faith poured out. We want to see hope lifted up. We want to see his kingdom reign here on earth as it is in heaven as we pray in the Lord's Prayer. But we also want to seek forth his righteousness, the thing that God has done. Now, you might remember that in the Beatitudes, we're told that blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Now, think about this. Here, Jesus is talking about worry. He's talking about not having anxiety. He's talking about being in the world. And then he brings forth that we're supposed to seek righteousness. Yet, earlier in the sermon, he's told us that what? The pursuit of righteousness will lead to what? persecution. Well, now wait a minute. That sounds like something I should be worried about. But when we seek after God's righteousness, his right rule, his care for us, that we have possession of because we've been moved from darkness to light. We've been moved from death to to life because we've been moved from being enemies of God to being children of God because we've been moved out of the kingdom of the world to being kingdoms, citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We've been moved into Christ, that that's where our identity lies. Then we possess that righteousness already. And it's in that righteousness that we grow and we move and we have our being. And it changes the way that we engage in the world. It changes the way that we engage with ourselves. We no longer think that we're the most important thing because our identity is in Christ. We no longer think that people are against us, but that we are for people, whether they're against us or not. Why? Because even when we're persecuted, we know it's for righteousness' sake. 
and that I'm to be pursuing that completely. And then he gives this really practical thing for us. Don't be anxious about tomorrow because tomorrow has plenty to be anxious for. Now, this is not Jesus saying don't sweat the small stuff, although that is a decent book that you might want to read. This is Jesus saying don't get so caught up in the now that you forget the future and the past. Don't get so caught up in what's happening at this very moment because there are things that are coming and there are things that have happened that move and affect your life right now. And some of those are going to be hard. Some of those are going to be suffering. Some of those are going to be terrible. Some of them have been terrible. But some of them are glorious and divine. I would dare say that all of them are divine. Because God works in each one of those for the good of those that he loves. I don't know what that good looks like for you. I know sometimes the good that I think should be coming from something isn't the good I receive. But there is something that God is doing in it so that I can see his face more clearly. Or I can see how much I don't want to depend on him or trust him. And so it's hard when we come to this end of this passage to go, I'm not supposed to worry, but when I do worry, am I supposed to run away in shame? No, you're supposed to take that conviction and you're supposed to go back to God and say, I've become double-souled. I've become double-minded. I have the mind as a citizen of the world and I don't have the mind of a citizen of the kingdom. Father, help me. Spirit, help me move back to that. And maybe the promise that Jesus says in this particular section of the Sermon on the Mount in Luke, when Luke retells it in his biography, maybe it will help us. So in Luke, as he's retelling this section of do not be anxious or do not worry, he adds this line. After he says, instead, seek his kingdom and these things will be added to you. He says this, fear not little flock for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom how beautiful it is to know that the father when he calls us to seek the kingdom and his righteousness is the very one who sees us and has already and is continuing to give us the kingdom and the righteousness that as a good shepherd to us, we can sit back and actively receive his mercy and grace as we encounter anxiety and fear. Because it's his great love and his good pleasure, it says, that he gives us his kingdom through Christ. Let me pray for us. Father, you are good and all you do is good. We give you glory and praise and honor today. We ask that those who are in our gathering in this worldwide group that are feeling worried and anxiety today, that you will rest on them heavy with your peace, that they will not be afraid to reach up or feel shame closing them off, but that they will step into it knowing that you are there ever present, wanting to be trusted and you are trustworthy that our identity rests in your Son and the goodness and the grace that he has given to us, that we are righteous and so we can step into your kingdom because it is your good gift for us. And in doing that, that even if we worry, we are still there and residing with you. 
but that you have given us the ability to be active participants in overcoming the worry that we have. And we believe this and know it to be true because Jesus and all that he has done, and we claim it in his name. Amen.